Standard Chartered Bank says that Bitcoin can go to $120,000 by the end of 2024. That's just next year. They had originally said 100000 Also thinking we could go to nearly 50000 by the end of 2023. And that in the face of a whole lot of global economic problems. We're going to talk about that today and a lot of other news. We've got two amazing guests, Dan Gunsberg from Hero and, of course, Lesio Rustani to talk about trades at the end of the stream. You guys don't want to miss it. We're back. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I am Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of Wall Street. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and tap your McLaren Formula One hat on that like button. I'm like a huge Formula One fan, guys, now. I wasn't a huge Formula One fan before. You guys know I went uh, in Singapore last year. I met back Max Verstappen, shook his hand, took a picture, and then I turned around and someone was like, who, who is Max Verstappen? Like, What? And then on the way back from Singapore, I watched Drive to Survive on Netflix. And I was like, oh, that guy is like the greatest racer of all time right now. And I should probably care more about Formula One. And then I got invited to come out to London this week alongside OKX, of course. You can see him on the back. Right? And dude, it was epic. So, of course, much like my experience at the Kentucky Derby, we had pretty good access. But then we just made it happen, talked our way into things. Ended up literally in the garage when they were pulling the cars out. Lando was getting ready. He sprayed me with champagne. Like, we were in the full everywhere. I interviewed Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren. I raced uh, Lucas Blakely, the F1 esports champion. He smoked me, uh, but he rides for McLaren. But I did put in a 129 lap on the simulator, which basically makes me a professional F1 driver now. Um, So I'm driving for McLaren guys didn't see that. I'm quitting crypto. Yeah, that's sad. But for real, guys, it was an absolutely epic weekend with uh, those guys. Huge thanks to everybody at OKX for bringing me out. That's the experience you can't uh, can't really get uh, elsewhere in this world. Uh, and so absolutely, absolutely epic. Also today, guys, see right there, that new sponsor, Meld. Uh, if you've been listening, of course, to Crypto Town Hall, we had their CEO on last week while I was in England. Uh, absolutely incredible project. Um, they're a neobank in the in in Europe, so they have full actual banking access, and then a Web three side that's going to integrate basically everything you could possibly want in DeFi with an actual legitimate real bank. If you guys uh, were following the newsletter last week, I talked about them quite a lot, but really, 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 really excited to have them on board. Uh, so. The link is down in the description for you guys. Check them out. But now, guys, you don't want to hear about uh, I'm now a Formula One driver anymore, probably. Uh, I, I am basically a professional Formula One driver. We're going to dig into the news here, and then I'm going to go bring up our guests. So, guys, without further ado, let's see what we got going on today. First, uh, I think just a really quick market update. I was in a car with Ran uh, Nooner for like 400 hours as we get. Silverstone is like 50 miles maybe north of London. Each, it was like two to three hours there and like three to four hours back each day. So we spent literally 28 hours in the car together in two days. Uh, I mean, 14 hours in the car together in two days. 
Uh, and he convinced me to switch over from crypto bubbles to banter bubbles. Uh, you can check that out here. Actually, quite a lot of green in the market right now. But to me, we're just we basically had the move from the ETF and everything is sideways. We'll obviously discuss that more with the guests as we go on. Moving on with the news. Bitcoin retreats to 30.6K as blowout ADP report strengthens Fed rate hike bets. This is so dumb. And I just wanted to tell you why it's dumb, because you know that I think basically everything is dumb. This is the Automatic Data Processing Inc. They, they issue the report. They handle payroll for about one-fifth of all privately employed individuals in the U.S. And they reported 497,000 private sector jobs added in June when there was an expectation of 220,000. Of course, meaning that the economy is incredibly strong, which is bad, right? People getting jobs in the United States is a terrible thing because the government hates you and they want you to lose your job immediately. Because if you lose your job, then uh, the economy, they can stop raising rates. So what this means, though, basically, is that since we have seen a double of the expectation of rates, uh, of jobs, excuse me, that it's very, very likely that the Fed, and I think we know that, is going to continue to hike, which apparently is bad. But the reason I say this is stupid, there's literally an article about Bitcoin retreating to 30600 when it's basically been in a $400 range for the last few weeks. Like, to make an argument that Bitcoin went down because of these numbers when it's off the high by like $200 is just absolutely stupid. And once again, just the media sort of looking for a narrative to explain when nothing, absolutely nothing, 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 nothing is happening with price. Crypto can't be used as money due to inherent flaws. BIS tells G20. Now, if you guys aren't uh, familiar with the BIS, it's the organization that is the central bank, four central banks, led by the guy whose name I will never remember, but who looks like Jabba the Hutt, looks like he ate all of the central banks, if you have seen him before. Surprisingly, guys, the central bank of all central banks thinks that the competitor to central banks is bad. I know that I'm shocked. I'm sure that you're shocked. They're obviously pushing for international regulation, consistent international regulation uh, for all countries of crypto. But very clearly, these are the same guys who say you'll own nothing and like it, who think we need a central bank digital currency for the world. Are we really surprised that maybe they're not deeply in love with our industry? I don't think so. Next story, because God, who wants to talk about those guys? What's that guy's name? The huge, big guy's huge. Anyways, U.S. Senator Tuberville asked DOJ SEC to investigate crypto broker Prometheum. This is one of those stories where I was hesitant to talk about it because I just don't like Tommy Tuberville at all. Guy was the coach of Auburn, competitor of the Gators, has no business being a politician. But hey, whatever, man, he's on our side now. Basically says, if you guys have been following the Prometheum story, which I know you have because we've talked about it a million times here already, Prometheum effectively is this crypto exchange that got a license out of nowhere and then all of a sudden was on the floor of congress just skewing talking points that were probably handed to him by elizabeth warren and they're basically if you look back funded by the ccp <laughs> i mean it, it's the craziest story ever you can listen to my old streams but uh tuberville thomas thomas tuberville not tommy anymore he wants the he wants the the SEC and DOJ to investigate this because clearly there's a tie to China. Clearly they are a fake company that's been propped up by the United States to say, "Hey, look, guys, you can come in and register. It's easy to get compliant." So, guys, dig into this more. But 
problems are coming for and also by the way the, this guy looks like a classic like uh steven seagal kind of bad guy from a 1990s movie that's aaron kaplan the ceo whose brother is also the ceo whose dad is like the cfo or something this com- company is a complete and absolute sham that they've put up to show us that it's easy to be a crypto exchange in the United States. By the way, you cannot trade any crypto assets on this regulated exchange, including Bitcoin and Ethereum, because they might be securities. But it's easy to register. Very easy. Grayscale Bitcoin Trust discount narrows to lowest since May 2022 at about 27% right now. It was trading at 46%, I believe, just a couple of weeks ago when I had both Big Cheds and Mike Alfred on the show. And Mike Alfred... For all the things people say about him, he clearly came out here and said, I just bought like 200,000 more shares of GBTC. This discount is closing. It's a better trade than Bitcoin and has been proven right. Like if you're trading Bitcoin, you, uh, GBTC instead of Bitcoin, not only do you get the same sort of price appreciation as Bitcoin, you also get the benefit of this massive discount in NAV, which is net uh, asset value, closing. So a lot of people think that this is closing because... Grayscale might win their case. They think it could be closing because BlackRock might get an ETF and that might force the SEC to uh, convert GBTC into an ETF, which is what that case is about. If that happened, obviously this discount would go to zero. Fees would go from 2% to you know a few bips and GBTC could be the trade of the century. Uh, but the thing is, I still see this carrying a ton of risk. Actually, I wanna, I'm, in a minute, we're going to talk to Dan about it because I, I want to ask uh, Gunsberg what he thinks about this but the final story before we get to that and to standard charter of course starbucks teams up with micah johnson aku nft project i'm literally like attempting to talk and uh yeah he said he can't and, and get mike on the show like while we were doing this he literally was just texting me He's, uh, you guys know i'm a good friend of micah uh i went to his wedding a couple years ago i love aku it's the only nft project that i've ever collected held through all of this so i was like sitting on the plane yesterday flying back from london Saw this Starbucks news, pinged him. Absolutely amazing. Starbucks Odyssey uh, obviously has their Odyssey uh, reward rewards program, the Web3 loyalty program, and this will give people with access to that the ability to go on a voyage with Aku. Guys, it's really worth checking out, but I, I very much believe in the mission. Uh, I've followed Micah around to a bunch of events. Very, very, very cool. The final story here, Bitcoin could rise to 120K by end of 2024. This coming from Standard Chartered. This is what I want to talk to uh, our guests about today whether it is actually possible why did they say this will happen they said the main factor driving the price increase is increased minor profitability i like this because the only thing we're hearing is blackrock etf these guys took a different tack at it said it's because increased minor profitability that means they'll have to sell less as the price goes up meaning less supply on the market meaning price will continue to go up there are a few risks to this price prediction one is that the banking sector crisis that standard charter is banking on does not materialize so a lot of this counting on more issues in the banking system that was my cooking through the news as fast as humanly possible so i could get to dan i'm going to go ahead and bring him up now he's only been on the show like seven thousand times dude what's up how are you man by the way um that ceo of prometheum mike barnes karate kid the villain in karate he's literally in in the yeah yeah, that's him. He was like a ponytail and complete doppelganger. I, I actually was gonna, the first question I was going to ask you is like, I have a ponytail. Cause... Wait, didn't they bring? He does, and didn't they bring him on? Uh, like the Karate Kid show. 
Like, isn't he one of the bad guys on the karate? T- I think he is on Netflix. Oh, that was a healthy pleasure that I like cooked through on a flight one time or something. But I think it's literally the same guy. I was look- I was looking for his name during when I was backstage, and I found it. And there was one of the Google questions was was he apparently he was banned from life for karate. It's one of the sujits of uh, of the Karate Kid show. So, um, yeah, it it it's very fitting, and I think you hit the nail on the head with it. That's that's Steven Seagal kind of. Uh, Have you followed that story though? I mean, listen, you can say you, you run an exchange, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, you see this guy walk in, you've never heard of them. They've been around for years, but all of a sudden they're registered. They're on the floor of Congress. He's like spewing these talking points that he's literally reading. You can tell someone prepared it for him yeah. and you can't even use this exchange. Absolutely. Uh, insane. I, I don't quite understand it. And it, again, just, uh, feels like a, uh, you know, multiple steps backwards in terms of, uh, what we've all been uh, grinding up this mudslide for for the last uh, number of years. What a shocker, though. But like, let's talk about something more positive. We have obviously this prediction from Standard Charter, a huge bank in the UK, saying 120k by the end of 2024. It was they, they had it at 100k very recently. So actually, to see them raise it by 20, percent I think is sort of the big eye opener versus the actual number. I think we all know that we get uh, left looking like big dummies when we make price predictions, especially when they're attached to time. Never but, right. uh, I guess the question, uh, is, you know, are we actually that bullish right now? Or is this, uh, end of 2024 will be, you know, seven, eight months post having. So I could see that 50 K this year. Uh, I was a little more surprised. By. I, I I'm about it. I think, I think it's very doable and, and look at we're we've been, we've been in this, in this business and watch this market long enough to know that it is like the most virally reflexive market ever. And at the end of the day, higher prices beget higher prices. I, I was talking with a, uh, with, uh, somebody that, uh, is in my network who, um, was actually managing accounts for some large macro, uh, hedge funds. And it, interestingly enough, a lot of these hedge funds, um, my understanding from them, and, and we talked about this a little bit when we were doing the ta- the uh, the spaces a couple weeks ago, and I think you kind of asked me, you're like, I, you know, I heard macros getting in, but a lot of these funds were actually getting. They, I think, they put the low in actually, and they're getting they, out. They were getting out. They were That's just, what Steve they, McClurg told me from Valkyrie. I asked him, and he was like, "Dude, everyone I know has either left the U.S. or just packed it. It. They packed it. They threw the towel, literally threw the white towel, and in into the rain, and were like, I'm I'm out, and it." I, th- I think it was one of these things where it was a bit of like it became a nuisance to them because it was like a maybe it was one to two percent of their assets and then they just and it and they watched it go parabolic and then watched it go parabolic go uh, whatever the the opposite of parabolic inverse parabolic inverse parabolic yeah. the, in- <laughs> the inverse parabolic and uh and and basically through the towel in, but like literally right after they threw the towel in, you got you got Larry Finn coming out talking about the BlackRock TF which kind of changed things. so. Um, what's interesting is what he said is he's like, look, they'll get back in, but they're going to get back in when, when Bitcoin's at 40,000. And so I think you're going to have this combination of like, you know, obviously derivatives play a big part. There's a couple of things that I'm looking at. One is you get these kind of like short option players that just sell like super out of the money calls that have, that provides a good steady stream of income for large Bitcoin holders. And eventually when those start getting squeezed, when you get faster moves up, those people, the, you get this like kind of like gamma squeeze where they have to come in, start buying their buying the market back up, and it, 
that's what generally propels us from like 36,000, suddenly we're at 50,000 in like three days, right? Sounds very GameStop-y. Very GameStop. It's, it's, reflexivity is, is what, the GameStop is exactly what, right? It just like, it turned, it just becomes viral. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's like social media, same type of, same type of volume. So um, I think there, I look at that and then also like the, the smartest money to me always seems to look at, um, uh, you know, looks at the, the entirety of the Bitcoin futures curve. And right now it's, it's in Contango. And when we, you know, every, the, the last 10 times I've been on this show, I almost always talk about it, but it's such a good indicator. It's like, almost like you can say like the smart money is looking there um, because maybe that's miners. I don't know what it is, but, but uh, whatever it is, is, is um, when that, when that curve is in Contango, which basically means price is higher further into duration, um, it is a really good proxy of what's going on up in the front month. And you generally, that does correlate highly with rallies. So um, even in these last little pullbacks or kind of when when volume just kind of died out or things got quiet, we pulled back into 30,000, that curve is not moving. That, when that, if that curve was to go flat or suddenly go inverted uh, or backward dated, then I would be bearish. And usually when you, when you see that, it always is a good indicator. But the sentiment has gone from having a f- completely flat curve to now, you know, you can you can carry Bitcoin and and get five plus percent interest on it, which is like it's not great. But it's, that's uh, a cash and carry trade, guys. For anybody who isn't aware of that, you're effectively buying spot and shorting the futures, and you capture the yield in between. That's it. So exactly. That, that's, and, and and by the way, that was the uh, that was the free money trade that most of CFI was doing for all of those years. Uh, when only collapsed, they collapsed. There were two. There were two especially like the block fives of the world. I know for a fact, I don't know a lot of them, you know, Celsius, I think was more in DeFi and doing these things. But block was somewhat notorious for that trade and the GBTC premium trade. Yep. And when GBTC premium went from, oh, I don't know, like a 40% premium to negative in what felt like overnight, obviously it wasn't. That's when that collapsed. That's also one of the hidden stories of why Three Arrows Capital collapsed because they were the biggest holder of, of GBTC at that point. And you guys got to remember, Genesis was giving loans to people to buy GBTC to do this trade. And there was this crazy incestuous thing going on over at, at DCG. But I mean, that bridges us to GBTC, right? It, it, we, we saw a 50 plus percent discount at the dead bottom of GBTC. Now it's 27%. It was 46% just a few weeks ago. Like, I kind of felt like that trade was over in the 30s. And here we are at 27 like, is that even a more aggressive version of this cash and carry trade? Because you can do it with GBTC and get the closing of the discount. So instead of buying the spot Bitcoin, you can buy the GBTC and short the futures. 100%. I, I, I'd be interested to see how, you know, what people are doing to kind of lever that up as well. Um, you know, because I know in the cash and carry trade, because it's uh, generally the, you're either trading spot to herp and you're rolling it every day, or you're trading spot to some future, you know, uh, further dated future. But uh, usually those are because they're correlated assets. You know, it's basically Bitcoin to a Bitcoin future. Uh, you can you can lever those trades up quite a bit, and that that does usually uh, help perpetuate these these moves. And it might be what you're seeing in in the GBTC discount right now, and and just Bitcoin being overall bullish. You just these are just these are just second order long exposures. And so, so every single one of them is just basically a signal of how bullish people are in the background. 100%. Like every one of these things, it, it, you said it before. It's funny. I always have Mike McGlone on and he, he hates the sort of idea that price goes up because price goes up, but it's a, it's a hundred percent true. Well, 
why fight it? Right. It's, it's just the yeah. way it but then, but then the que- that you know that sort of begs the question: price has gone up. Like, I mean, we're double, you know, we're yeah. double like the the bottom from the beginning of this year. Effectively, you know, it put in the lows, I guess, in November, just sub sixteen thousand. We topped almost, you know, mid thirty ones here. Now, kind of, I mean, does at what point do higher prices stop beginning higher prices? Like, is a move from twenty five to thirty one in a week enough? Because now. Now it's almost like you feel like you need to actually see the BlackRock ETF approved. Like we've seen the bullishness of the sentiment. So right. do we need to see an approval to continue? So now the market has, you know, the, I guess the question is, has the market priced in the probability of um, a BlackRock ETF happening or something, you know, something like I think the sh- in, in short, the, the answer is that they've increased the probability. I don't think it's 100% baked in. And back to the question about standard charter, yeah, I absolutely think Bitcoin could see 120,000. Uh, mean, oh, in a year and a half, I have no. Why be? I would almost be surprised if it's not in six figures eight months after a halving, unless we're literally in like the Great Depression and correct. Right. Then what are we doing here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 then things might look bad. Then there's the then there's the endless argument over if that does happen, can Bitcoin go the other way? Could it be uncorrelated as it somewhat has been and continue to rise in the face of you know, they tighten to, I mean, I think all this Fed tightening is priced in, I think, because who cares? Like what's another 50 bit? Uh, who cares? Right. And, and I think, and I think also that we've proven that the bad news in crypto is priced it. I don't like, uh, you know, everybody's like Bitcoin will go to 15 K if the DOJ comes after Binance and everybody and their mother thinks the DOJ is coming after Binance. Right. Right. It's almost to the point of like, uh, you cut my leg off, you cut my hand off. Okay. Take my other hand. Yeah, it's the guy in uh, 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 Monty Python. Uh, you put your, cut, you, <laughs> cut your leg off. Spot a flesh wound. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's another arm when you already can't walk and can't so, uh, old boots? Yeah, no, I, 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 um, I think that that we possibly become somewhat more immune to to negative news, and it, which is kind of a signal that the maybe the the um, you know, the aircraft carriers turning up port here and, uh, it, you know, and, and, and maybe more buy programs coming in, sell programs like the, is like the, it, the risk in the market is definitely to the upside at this point. Yeah. I keep hearing people like uh, yeah, hearing, I, I make the mistake sometimes of actually reading Twitter instead of just throwing grenades in and walking away, which is my normal uh, strategy. But like, there's a ton of people who are like, I'm just waiting to buy 25,000. And the price was twenty five thousand for like two weeks a month ago. They wanted it, right? But if it went from twenty, like, is that just cognitive dissonance? I mean, if you go from twenty five to thirty one in a week, what's the belief that you're going to twenty five again? Not. It doesn't make any sense to me at at all, unless you were stuck in some some established range. But I don't think technically that's what's happening. So. Yeah, I thought it, now. Now yeah. I think we're in a range from like thirty one to twenty nine. And so we see what happens there, but I, I which, is, which is not just, bad because like it, it's, it's building value at, at higher, higher and higher levels. And I think, you know, it's interesting. The market's gotten so smart. It used to just be so noise driven. And like, there is this element because of more professional traders getting into the market where they are pricing in the probabilities of events happening. And so like if the BlackRock 
Like the things that I would see if the BlackRock ETF was not going to happen, you would see an immediate flattening of the curve. You may see it. We literally saw a thousand dollar drop on that Wall Street uh, Journal headline that was just simply like the SEC asking more questions, right? And it, everyone thought maybe it wasn't, and that was a thousand dollars in like an hour. So we know, right? That's what we got. So um, I think you'll see some some of those of those warning signs. You have flattening of the curve. You're going to see, like, you see those immediate, like, re- the immediate repricing. I mean, it's, in, it's, it's, a, it's a vacuum, right? Like, because just at the end of the day, like, Bitcoin uh, liquidity across the entire uh, ecos, like, the entire spectrum of, of, of all market derivatives, including relative to uh, what exists in what is, like, incumbent markets, it's non-existent. Pimple on the ass of an elephant, absolutely. So... <laughs> It just it immediately reprices. It's it's like it just is like a, a, a quick jump. And then you're there. So. To me, though, that's an argument that it could easily decorrelate because it's just so small that it's ir- irrelevant. Even if it goes yeah. up fifty percent while other things go down, it would still be a pimple on the ass of an elephant. I still find it crazy that that it has tied itself so heavily to like the strength or weakness of the dollar. It just like it that Bitcoin has just become such a macro asset okay but when, uh, so here's the next question we cheer obviously i think most people are cheering for the blackrock etf i mean listen there's blackrock's cut its issues maybe it's not in the ethos of bitcoin but at this point it's great news right it's the biggest yeah. asset manager in the world does that just flatten the volatility like does exactly what you sort of just described be, does it just become more and more and more correlated as it becomes more and more and more of a sort of validated wall street asset Oh, it gets hard thinking about like, oh, we're going to a million in three years if there's an ETF and Wall Street's trading it like they're trading any other stock or it's yet. Let, yeah. Let, I mean, you, look, at you, you traded equities prior to, to crypto. Badly. I, I traded, I was, I traded traditional in traditional markets for decades prior to crypto. Like, I think you're going to be in one of these situations that traders are going to be baffled. Like it will, it will reach these you know it'll get into the hundreds of thousands and most traders will have no idea how it got there yeah because the 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 uh the professional markets are very good at finding ways to migrate to price in a way that the semi-pro or the um kind of the smaller trader you know that there's a reason that that uh you know nine out of every ten traders fail and um, it's it's because they'll they'll sit there from thirty thousand Bitcoin to one hundred twenty thousand Bitcoin and have no idea how it just moved ninety thousand dollars. And then they'll buy and then they'll buy the top at two thirty and sell the uh, bottom at a hundred when it's going back down. And we'll be so excited to buy Bitcoin at a hundred thousand dollars on the dip. I really believe that's going to happen. It'll go to like three hundred, and then it's literally yeah, you and I think it's going to like. Yeah, it'll go to like 300,000 and it'll be at like 95 and they'll be like, it broke a th- 100, it's over. It's but getting to zero. Right. But on the way to you, you're like, I'll never buy it at 100 on the way up. But when it's at 120, you're, you got your bids at 100. People are so dumb. I mean, it is the reason that this all fails. I want to actually listen, to, uh, let's talk about Euro. Like, just give me the uh, yeah. quick update. Obviously, we've done like 15 podcasts, but it's been a while uh, since we've really talked about what you're doing. 
And uh, really in context, I guess, maybe on top of that, of the regulatory challenges, because you're already sort of like, we're not even touching the U.S. and it's gotten so much worse. Still still uh, completely, you know, uh, shut off from the U.S. But we, but, you know, everything that's here on now is, is fully focused on DeFi uh, infrastructure. So uh, we built uh, uh, on top of Solana, which obviously is, seems feels like it's kind of coming out of its uh its its own hurricane that it dealt with for for quite a while but uh building a derivatives architecture or infrastructure so um uh risk risk engine order book things like that that uh are all on ch- fully on chain and uh the way that it's built is that uh there is uh we, so we we actually launched the the ecosystem launched its uh its protocols uh, in beta, uh, about seven months ago and, uh, currently 18 projects building on top of it. So dApps are dApps come, they share order book liquidity, uh, very much like how, uh, maybe for people that are familiar with Solana ecosystem, like how serum works with spot markets is what, uh, hero is really focused on, uh, in derivatives and, uh, but fully on chain and, you know, dApps come built to it They're uh, it, they share, they share liquidity and what is otherwise a highly fragmented uh, space in terms of, um, you know, you have lots of different DEXs that are competing for liquidity. Not any one of them has enough liquidity to facilitate, uh, you know, to facilitate real trading. Most size. Us. Yeah. Right. Any, any type of real size. And so uh, what, what Hero really focuses on is just having all of that liquidity bottom out into its order books. And uh, then those dApps are really the user facing applications uh, that, uh, that users are using to, to access them. And you might have more insight than than most, obviously, because of what you're doing. Has any of this sort of CFI collapse and then the regulatory crackdown, market makers leaving the U.S., clearly volume leaving the U.S.? I mean, Binance U.S. effectively doesn't exist anymore. Coinbase, you can tell that the, the order books are thin, the liquidity, every metric. Has that actually been a boon for DeFi or is that just a narrative? I mean, we've seen Uniswap do more volume than Coinbase. I, I think that it's... Um... It's definitely helped the 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 narrative become a little bit more of a reality. the 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 reality, and I, I think that kind of the next evolution, though, is really just being able to um, give the masses a a way to start utilizing what is otherwise like you know fairly complex technology. So e- even though that's like as as simple and crude as something like Uniswap is for spot markets, like the average the average, uh, uh, you know, crypto enjoyer, uh, you know, investor, whatever it's what I goes enjoyer, yeah, the enjoyer with the five O's exactly, uh, are going, are, are having, you know, are, are, are still not given a very easy route or, um, applications to access those, uh, those, uh, those types of protocols. And, uh, it, and it's scary for the, for the average person to, to use that, but, you know, for people that have been in the space, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of just like a common way of, of doing business. And so I think that, uh, you know, I, I think on that note, um, kind of like maybe like web three really hasn't had its mobile moment yet. And I, you know, I think like we have a couple of, uh, there's a couple of large projects in the Euro ecosystem that are, that are building to mobile you know, mobile first now, which is really cool because it's kind of introducing a DeFi, you know, DeFi backend infrastructure, uh, to, um, you know, to something that can actually be used by the masses. So 
excited to see where that goes. And I, I think I think that's the type you, you need those Robin Hood type decks uh, that that have that level of UX. Do you think the U.S. is going to crack down on DeFi next? I mean, that's sort of been the big rumor is like somehow the SEC will now go after DeFi. I mean, we did see the Sushi swap action, so it's not crazy. Yeah, Sushi Library was one that obviously there was, you know, um, the, the, what was the other? There's, I forgot the name of the other one. Uga? Maybe is that what it's called? Um, yeah. Something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, I think it's something that, uh, you know, everybody stays very much on top of and uh you know it's it, it's just again it, it you know it's maybe it's kind of part of the evolution of of frontiering these types of uh you know these types of disruptive technologies but for you you've sort of like transitioned from being so retail focused to now we're yeah we were very top of funnel uh you know uh focused on kind of more that those those exotic kind of gaming level um applications and and look, look, our, our, you know, we always wanted to build open source and wanted to build uh, uh, on-chain infrastructure. I think that's really where the rubber met the road in terms of, of kind of disrupting traditional finance. And uh, this, uh, once once Solana came online, it kind of proved that you could do things with like ultra fast throughput and get a, you know, fairly close UX to, um, you know, Web2 uh, off-chain infrastructure that now uh, you can build and that and and so the the project went down that path and uh you know community has the developer community has expanded massively and uh you know we have open sourced our protocol most of our protocols and uh we'll continue to move in that path and decentralize it and uh and uh it's it's been on a you know considering the what we've been dealing with in the in the market uh, as a whole uh there's been quite a bit of really exciting uh, building going on so it's been very cool to, to see it and they say the best things are built in the bear market right at least you don't have to worry about the price of your token or this yeah I, i've done it a couple times now and it's, it's it's also like that uh the the competition for people's limited attention uh is you know when there's a bull market everyone's just trying to make a quick you know make the next ball uh, in there yeah and sometimes uh you know as a builder it can it can get rough kind of trying to balance that but um i've yeah, been here long enough i mean when you're in your mind you've got to be like oh, holy shit my balance like you know looking at the portfolio while trying to build something <laughs> oh. and it's i mean it's you try not look at I, I i've been through it for a while now and and uh i've been through a couple of these and um you know in weathered storms in the past with it and i think you know it, it's interesting that this the the announcement from blackrock you know, although very much a, a, a U.S. focused thing, and and you know, and and, and here on network is not something that really uh, does anything U.S. related. Uh, it it felt like the the breaking of you know you were kind of like right in the eye of the hurricane um, post uh, FTX, and there was just such an aggressive move by by regulators, and just the attitudes were changing so rapidly to see it, you know, kind of. It just like it went, you know, major downgrade from hurricane to tropical storm to actually breaking up and becoming, you know, seeing some calmer, uh, calmer waters ahead. So, I'm I'm really excited about um, about this and and you know our, our community really just focused on keeping our heads down and building, you know, building as much as we can and building for 
trying to think about what this world looks like five years, seven years from now. Yeah, I love it. Last question. Do you think the BlackRock ETF gets approved? You just think, all right, it's, it's the, they're 575 and one, right? Like pretty much <laughs> seems like that. I know the boss. Get a pick I, th- I, I have my, I have my idea who the real boss is, right? Yeah. So. I think, I, th- I think we know now. I, I, I just found it so amazing that it happened like within days of the SEC Coinbase and Binance action. Like what a roller coaster. What, what, what a roller, what, what a roller coaster. And, and, uh, I think it gave, you know, it gave a real insight into, you know, how, how business at that level works sometimes and, um, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, am I'm, I'm, uh, I, I have a very glass half full attitude on it. And I think this is what, you know, this is what this industry has been building towards on some level. Look, it's, I think from the idealistic standpoint, it's not, it's not where you, the, you know, I don't think Satoshi thought it was going to, Satoshi's vision of like, we're watching the Bitcoin ETF. <laughs> I don't think that was the premise of Bitcoin initially, but... Um, we we'll just asked Craig Wright. He knows. Well, apparently he's Satoshi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what happened to that guy? I don't think he's still out there suing people and saying that he's, uh, you know, BSV. Have we, have we looked at the BSV chart? No, I don't know. The, the Big gas went bananas of late, though, so maybe there's a chance. Yeah, the, 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 the villain arcs in crypto are... are that somebody should make absolutely astounding well dude thank you thank you so much for uh for taking the time obviously welcome to time see you on spaces soon i'm sure uh let you go man thank you so much talk to you soon guys we're waiting for alessio to show up uh hasn't popped in so i'm not sure if he's going to make it he was supposed to be here about 10 minutes ago so so yeah you just get me you just get me. We'll give it a couple more minutes and see if he's going to be here. But we did have him as a confirmed. Yes, sometimes these things happen, guys. Sometimes people just ghost us. They troll us. They play jokes on us. Not cool. Or maybe he just had uh, something else going on. But loving the perspective there from Dan. He's been around a very, 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 very long time. Been trading for 25, 30 years. He was the second person I think I ever had on my podcast. Uh, third. First was Catherine Coley from Bi- uh, from uh, Binance US. Second was Chris Bukowski from The Bachelor, who is a huge uh, crypto fan. And third was Dan Gunsberg, uh, who's become a really good friend. We have some uh, very mutual friends. So they're always great to get his perspective. You guys think we should listen? Since uh, Alessio has not showed up, I'll still uh, let's take a look at the Bitcoin chart really quick. We can do it ourselves. We don't need guests. Do it ourselves. Oh, by the way, guys, space is today, obviously, at 10, 15 a.m., but I don't know if you saw this before we looked at charts, but this, this is kind of a big thing. We will be discussing freedom, money, Bitcoin, CBDCs, privacy, and more with Robert Kennedy Jr. on July 26 at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to be hosting a spaces with RFK. Uh, and then uh, Mark Moss, Robert Breedlove, Marty Bent, and Natalie Brunel will be the other guests asking him questions yeah that's happening tell you i'm gonna get every i'm gonna get every uh under 80 year old uh presidential candidate on the podcast we'd love to have suarez back again as well obviously i've talked to him a few times but uh very interesting to discuss with with rfk people are asking me over here if i met lando and oscar Uh, i gave him like a pound i didn't do the like please take a selfie thing 
Um, and I had met them actually like one time before when I went to, to Formula One. Um, yeah, I mean, I was literally, uh, you guys can check it out on my YouTube, uh, on my uh, Twitter. I, I mean, I was like in the garage when they pulled out for the race. I mean, really nuts. I'll show you here. I mean, you guys see it on here probably. But like, I mean, it'd be crazy. Right, okay, I'd hear it. Maybe you can. In the car, getting secured. I mean, we were right there. These are the guys from uh, Selling Sunset, some other show on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty crazy, guys. It was, it was pretty nuts. I mean, I was really, really in there. Uh, anyways, monthly chart for Bitcoin right here. Listen, I told you guys there were kind of two ranges. This one's kind of ugly, but you know, I've been talking about 25,212 and 28,600 for as long as I can remember. It was either above one or below the other. I think we're back in that much larger range now very securely. So I think that we're going to be playing above 28,600. I did just see Alessio's here, guys. Um, so I'll be able to bring him on. Someone's saying, please adopt me, Oscar. Yeah, dude, uh, I, could, I, I couldn't uh, bring my kids or anything. They were actually with me in London. It was pretty pretty awesome but i wish i'd been able to bring them bring them myself i'm gonna go ahead and bring alessio on bring my charts down hey man how are you uh, hi, hi there scott good to see you sorry good about to it. see you as well that uh, listen it, uh, if you're not 15 minutes late you're early i figure but uh we're talking to chat here about the market the the topic and i and i was talking to uh the other guests before uh dan gunsberg obviously we had this news break uh which you saw i'll just go ahead and bring it up one more time that uh Bitcoin could rise to 120K by the end of 2024. That's from the uh, English Bank Standard Chartered. They had first said 100,000. Now they're predicting 120,000 based on minor profitability increasing and basically less minor supply on the market and price rising. They're also saying 50,000 uh, 50, by the end of this year. So maybe give me the broad strokes where you're at on Bitcoin. Yeah, I would get a little bit cautious. By the way, thanks, Scott, for having me on. I appreciate you having me. I always get a little bit uh, cautious when you hear these, um, suddenly, you know, you hear these... Uh, uh, Going to a million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When, when, when you know, media, uh, papers, and all these uh, different journals start talking about these... I mean, a lot of these guys, you have to take it a pinch of salt. A lot of these guys want eye, eye, eyeballs on their articles, just like how a lot of YouTubers nowadays uh, want just a viral video, someone to click and watch. Uh, I've been watching watching with a little bit of uh, skepticism over the last several months as, as your, yourself and your viewers will know since january of this year all all i've seen on the feed on my youtube channel has been um oh devastation uh, bitcoin is going to crash at 10k 9k uh no 7k no 3k everyone like everyone outdoing each other about how low they can call it and all a bunch of analysts or as i call them analysts because they talk out of their backside um because they just want to get the next viral video and they got nothing else to talk about so they just want to make the video just for content and uh clickbait and i'm not saying all well, celestia <laughs> yeah. if you don't have that you literally that will i i'm not even kidding <laughs> if you're willing to do that i think it by the algorithm doubles your views yeah doubles. i mean yeah i don't the do thumb, the thumbnails are hilarious too don't get me wrong here I've done a few thumbnails where yeah, I play the game. I made them. I, I I'm bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but but if I do it, the thing is, the thing is, if I make some kind of video talking about some ridiculous target, I'm serious about it, and I, it's not just some ridiculous nonsense for clickbait. And 
since the Janu since January this year. By the way, I'm I'm not talking about everybody out there on YouTube. There's some good people out there, yourself included. Uh, yeah, there's some good people out there. There's a lot of I would say 95 percent of analysts. I don't want to even call them analysts, but you know these people on YouTube just they just they're just point, putting out a video purely for the clickbait, purely to get the AdSense from Google, from YouTube, and all that. Yeah, uh, there, there is there is zero value to their content in my view. So what's an unrealistic target? If, if we're being cautious about this, yeah, is the fact that we're starting to see these, does that mean, uh-oh? <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, basically, here's what I would say. Uh, I've got a couple of charts if I want to show it to you. Please, yeah, if you can go ahead. I was, I was just, you hit present down at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, you share your screen there, and uh, then I can bring present, it up. Present, so. then share the screen at the bottom. Okay, present. And then I'll, 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 I'll bring it up. Slide. Worth. Uh, how about Sorry about that. Not, it's share, share, screen, this share, and share screen. Go to Window or Chrome tab and type. I would go to Window up there and then, uh, yeah. Uh huh. Okay, go to Window. Got it. Yeah. So yeah. Let me know if you can see the one share screen. I, I, it's not up yet, so. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Share screen. Hit present. Share screen, and then uh, you have to click share when you go on a window or a tab. Oh, I see. Uh, we click can, share. Yeah. I got it. Yep. It's gonna happen, guys. And, uh, oh yeah, I found it. I found it. Yeah, in real time. There you go. Here, everybody. I'm gonna. Are you ready? There you go. Perfect. I love a good chart. Let's go. Okay, thanks. So, from beginning of, here's why I got bullish at the beginning of this year. Um, as Bitcoin was trending down, but this is a weekly chart of Bitcoin going back to 2022. Now, listen. I'm not trying to say that I got everything right. I didn't. So, uh, I I probably, I mean, I became bearish on Bitcoin. Probably about here when it took out. Well, actually, no, about here, about thirty. 39k or 40k some people got in earlier uh some people correctly called uh, a bear market sooner than me i was just a bit cautious so I, it would take me until the break yeah. of like 52 that 51 level exactly after that met so i i was uh, i was you know seventeen thousand not off the top too late <laughs> that's right that's right yeah so i'm just trying to be i'm just trying to be honest here because i didn't uh think that we're going to crash into a bear market until we fought until we took out 39k or 40k about here when it broke this flag pattern you're seeing here. Um, as it dropped here, uh, I thought at this point, yeah, here, so here's one I got eventually bullish on Bitcoin. When you see this blue line on my chart, that's a 21 weekly. 21 weekly is really important because it often sets the stage between a potential reversal in Bitcoin or in price action, not just in price action. So notice how when the price of Bitcoin went over the 21 weekly, I don't know if you can see my mouse on my cursor. Yeah, oh, yeah, we get yeah, yeah. it. That's right, right around that nineteen twenty level. I remember. That's it. right. Yeah, that's that yeah. happened early January. That that's it's what that's right when we fully retraced the FTX move. The FTX down in November, well, no. sideways, and then that's and all of a sudden, that to me was like we're back at pre-FTX prices, and that's right there. I mean, that's the week before. Yes, well done, uh, absolutely right, uh, Scott. So that's what got me bullish right here, and I. One thing I always wait for is I want to I want to see two or three weekly closes above the twenty one weekly before I can say okay, this is probably a re uh, a reversal in trend. The reason is if you look over here, back it's in April of so long, yeah, yeah. So notice that the, there's a green bar close above the twenty one weekly, but then quickly reverse direction. It went back below it again uh, on this red bar. Like two bars later, it went below it. That was a warning as a potential false break. So over here, when I got two or three weekly closes in January, February of last, sorry, of this year, January of this year, 
that's actually thought, oh, okay, this could be something. This could actually be a potential likely reversal. So I've been bullish from January onwards. Uh, Look at those retests. I haven't really looked at the 21. I, a lot of people watch the 200, obviously, which I think yes. is a, a very popular, but I mean, the, where you have your, the, the hammer right there and then exactly. well, the next week, perfectly off. And then the last sort of a yes. test of it, both. Absolutely. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Scott. Yes. Uh, and you're, you said it, you said it, you said it beautifully. When you get a hammer or doji, whatever kind of candlestick here, uh, rising and, and when it closes above the 21 weekly, that was a good sign, a positive sign. And then we got this nice green bar. And as you said, pull back to the 21 weekly. And I remain bullish all the way through here. As long as we stayed above support, I said, I'm bullish. Now, here's the big question. By the way, we also reached our first, my, my first target was reached at the 38.2% retracement. That's the orange line. That's a 38.2% Fibonacci retracement of the entire decline. Uh, as we can see, the high from 69 to 15-ish, 16-ish, right? Uh, that would no. That was about twenty-seven thousand three hundred seventy-six. No, no. I'm uh, saying that when you're talking about the full move, where you're pulling your fibs is from the all-time high. Oh, well done. Yeah, I'm sorry. Saying, yeah, you're you're absolutely right there. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yes, sixty-nine k. You're absolutely right to the lows of the November last year. Correct. Perfect. By the way, I'm using. Some people are get confused by this because the Fibonacci uh, levels I'm looking at are logarithmic, and you actually have to go into settings of the Fibonacci tools. Uh, not everyone knows about this. Even if you're using a logarithmic chart, you still have to go and enable the logarithmic. Yes, it, it defaults to linear Fibonacci levels exactly. on the logarithmic chart, which, it, by the way, it it wasn't until like two years ago they added that feature. So the only way to do it in the past was oh. linear uh, Fibonacci's. Yeah. Uh, interesting. There's, yeah, it's very good. Yeah. So basically, the first target was reached 27,376. The next one is the 50% retracement. And the next one up is the 61.8% golden ratio retracement. Which comes in about 39K, 38,966. So let's just say 40K for the sake of simplicity. So I'm, I'm going to say, keep my analysis the same I have had it for the last few months, which is as long as Bitcoin stays above support, support doesn't have the June lows. That's that low we made in June, which is about 24K or 24,500 approximately there. As long as we stay above that, I'm looking for that red line at 39 or 40K to be tested sometime probably in the next few months. I could be by the end of summer. Uh, maybe maybe even sooner, depending on fast how fast it moves. And this is why I'm skeptical of these, uh, you know, outlandish things you see in these articles like 120k, 100k. We need to get above that red line to to, to first even speculate about a potential to all-time highs. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're calling for 120k. We haven't even reached all-time highs yet. We haven't even reached the golden ratio and, level. And, and and I don't see how, I, honestly, I, I can't see the argument right now, to your point, like there's so many levels between now and then, but I can't even imagine thinking of new all-time highs before there's a halving. I mean, even just looking at a four-year cycle, there's just no precedent for yeah. doing more than you're discussing in this time frame. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But here's the, here's the bottom line. Could I see 40K or 50K? Absolutely, because these come within the Fibonacci uh, levels uh, again. That is my higher probability expectation for a move to that red line of 39 or 40k, the 61.8 percent. And I think the article said something about. I think you said something about 50,000. That could be right. Yeah, that's the 78.6 percent. So yeah, my first target would be 39k. Once to get above this level here, um, that that I think is achievable. Th these levels are achievable. 40k to 50k are entirely achievable sometime this year, probably by I don't know autumn. Uh, or at least by the end of this year, if not sooner. I think it could happen in the next several months. Um, so that's what I have on Bitcoin. And I'll stop sharing for now and 
I have another chart I can show you on Ethereum. Sure, go, go ahead, because yeah. I mean, we've only got a few minutes, obviously, but yeah, five sure. minutes but, left, so I would love for you to just cook through what you've got. Okay. Last thing I want to say about this chart is my bullish analysis is only as long as it stays above the June lows. Um, if Bitcoin were to fall below the June lows, which I think is less likely, I'm not expecting yeah. that. But if, but if it did, breaking 25 after it yeah. went from 25 to 31 in a week would be pretty yeah. bad news. It would be pretty bad. So I would have to change my mind and say I'm wrong in my expectation if that happens. As far as Ethereum, this is what I have on Ethereum here. Uh, we have a nice, first of all, this nice trending line we have here, which is good. So we're in, I think we're in an uptrend as far as Ethereum is concerned. Um, and once again, if you look at these retracement levels, the, the 61.8% golden ratio retracement, again, logarithmic retracement on Ethereum is 25,000, sorry, 25,000, 2,500 approximately. By the way, we've got two levels coming in about 2,500. One is the 61.8% Fibonacci golden ratio. Then you have this, ne this next red line underneath of it, which says 2473. That is the 100% symmetrical projection. If you were to measure this in this rally from the lows of last year, to the highs of, I think it was August of last year. I'm not sure exactly. I think it was spring, probably. So if you measure this rally here, then project it from this low, that gives you 2473 symmetrical logarithmic logarithmic symmetrical projection, which is merging. Interestingly, I like when two levels merge. That 2473 merges as 2529. So it gives me 2500 as a target. That's my target for the next several months uh, on Ethereum. I like it. Are you touching any of the market outside of Bitcoin and Ethereum? It's been a pretty different story for anything else. I mean, even Bit even Ethereum has struggled, obviously, a bit versus Bitcoin. But yeah, we've seen so much sort of regulatory uncertainty around the rest of the altcoins that they've obviously, you know, we could see Bitcoin had retraced, come back to the same price in the 30,000s after going to 25. But altcoins are still down 20 or 30 percent from that point. They did not recover a lot. of them. That's right. That's that's true. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, uh, by the way, am I back on? Uh, I've, I've removed the stop share. Yeah, there's no, you're not sharing anymore. Okay. Yep, just us. yeah. I, you make a good point there. As far as I'm concerned, I'm only, I'm only looking at Bitcoin and Ethereum, which I know altcoiners uh, probably find that boring. I understand. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not dismiss. I'm not dismissing altcoins. Uh, I mean, Ethereum obviously is the one I'm looking at, other than Bitcoin. Uh, but you're right. I, I'm I'm not particularly interested in the other ones. Uh, I'm focusing on those two charts for now. And as you know yourself, Scott, as your viewers know, if Bitcoin rallies to those levels, it's going to carry those other, potentially those other old coins with. Rising tide lifts all. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I think we know that. So uh, listen, we only got a couple minutes left. Sure. But do you have any other macro broad strokes? If you're bullish on Bitcoin, does that mean that you're bullish on stocks? Because if yeah. not, it means that you think they can uh, decorrelate. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been bullish on stock market since January. And uh, I still think there's a lot more money to come to the stock market. However, I should just mention, I'm bullish long-term, meaning for the end of 2023, probably going to 2024, I'm bullish. However, in the short term, in the next few weeks, uh, I think potentially yes. sometime in the next few weeks, I think there's we're overdue for a pullback, and this could be a shakeout of some sort. It could be quite a, uh, I'm not saying a crash of any sort. No, I'm just saying there could be some kind of a 3% pullback of some sort, something like that uh, in the stock market sometime in the next few weeks. Uh, and But uh, but I imagine, but, but I I think that once the stock market pulls back, we're going to go higher again um, to much higher levels. And we'll talk about climbing the wall of worry. We'll talk about it uh, next time we have you on. I'm really glad you showed up. Thank you so much. For, Thanks very much Scott. for joining Alessio. You're welcome back anytime. Hopefully we'll, we can go in uh, deeper next time. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you, man. 
Guys, we were so awesome. Glad glad you made it, that we were able to chat. Loved uh, both of those conversations and loved just being back here, man. I am super jet lagged. I'm not going to lie. Flight was super delayed. I basically slept for like three or four hours. Kid woke me up at 3.45 like, hey, dad, it's morning. You guys know how that is. A six-hour time change going back uh, to the West. But uh, feeling very reinvigorated, even though I'm tired, um, on getting back to making a contact. I really miss it when I go away for a week. Obviously, also, you you know, you kind of lose people's attention. But I'm really, really excited to uh, be back to get on Twitter spaces in about 15 minutes. I, I'm assuming I'll see all of you guys there right and of course, guys, just please, in the description, check out Meld. Really awesome. I enjoyed interviewing uh, Ken from Meld alongside Mario and Rand last week on on Spaces. Uh, listen, it sucks to be American. We all know that. But uh, really doing impressive things. And just, man, I had a hell of a weekend. Awesome. It's awesome. Just absolutely, absolutely epic. Hard not to be uh, glowing after after a weekend like that where it was just sort of like insane experience after insane experience after insane experience. So yeah, man, going to go uh, wipe the rest of the champagne off uh, from, from the run home after F1 and get ready for Twitter spaces. Guys, thank you so much for joining, coming back. I know it's been a week. Looking forward to tomorrow. See you guys then. Peace.